All right, so. so welcome to Four Movies with Sam and Sarah, the inaugural episode. I think we'll just start, start off with a synopsis now. Sounds good. Okay, right. well, I- I'm Sarah. I'm Sam. Sweet. Um, yeah, we are going to talk about The Wolfman, our first movie in a series of four. Of four. And we're, get- we're going back to the basics for pre-Halloween fun. Um, so this is going to come as the first, and then next week we're going to do The Invisible Man. And then after that, it's Frankenstein, and then after that, it is... Dracula, to finish her off. Finishing off strong. Well, <laughs> I think we, I wanted to go with more of a goofy one to start off to try and get our flow, and we'll see where it goes from there. But The Wolfman, it was made in 1941 with, I don't know, the director you do? <laughs> George Wagner is George the director. George Wagner. And, okay, yeah, so it's made in 1941. It's funny because this is, like, the most, the newest of the four. So we're actually working backwards kind of chronologically. I did see that, and I was like, yeah. oh, shit, do we screw ourselves over? In <laughs> no, no, I, I actually think it's, it's kind of cool because we're kind of going back to the height of, like, when Universal was kind of labeled as a horror genre, which started out in the 20s. So they kind of came out with uh, The Phantom of the Opera and Hunchback of Notre Dame. And they became known as, like, the horror studio. Yes. So the five major studios all had, like, genres that they did, and they did well. And Universal, like, had horror in the bucket by the 30s. Oh, yeah. Um, so they were kind of building on that legacy with their whole monster universe. Yes. Um, and, yeah, George Wagner had already been working in Hollywood for, like, 20 years at this point. So that's why it's such a tight movie. But, yeah. It is. George Wagner. A, a, an hour and five minutes. Well, an hour and ten. Right? Hour 10 minutes, yeah. like nothing spared. It's really, really tight, really well done. It is. And I was like, this this movie isn't messing around. It's going from place to place to place to place. Story's going, there's no filler. And yeah. it's just all continuous um, story, like flow. Yeah. Almost. Yeah, it goes, like the narrative just kind of carries us through. And uh, yeah, so it starts out um, a man, Lawrence, Larry Talbot. Larry Talbot. Comes home to his estranged father. What looks to be uh, Eastern European country. So what's yeah. crazy? Okay. Now I, yeah. I know we're like kind of going off the synopsis, yeah. so we'll just do it as we go for now. But um, okay. So I didn't get this from watching the movie and I watched it a few times because I was on like a 48 hour rental. So I was like, okay. get it in. Yes. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> so I, uh, I didn't really gather that they had like... It apparently takes place in Wales. Really? Yeah. So they return to this Welsh town. Lawrence Talbot is supposed to be Welsh. Yeah, it's like a a castle in Wales. Um, But I didn't gather that. I only read that once I had, like, gone back to reading about the movie itself and about the production. Okay. I think that that it might have gotten released and said deliberately that it was in Wales. I don't know if maybe that got edited out in later versions once they restored it or whatever, but... um, I was really confused on where it was taking place, and especially because, okay, is this... An Englishman in an Eastern European town, and he has an American son that was overseas coming back and everything. And I was like, I have no idea how this is working, this genealogy and what they own. They have a castle in Eastern European, so I don't know, probably some mogul yeah. that can spend. Um, after this, uh, Larry Talbot comes back to his family, and then he creeps on somebody really hard. <laughs> <laughs> Which is very problematic. The whole flirting in the 40s was definitely um, a different culture. So, is yeah. Is that considered romantic back then? 
so yeah, there's the whole, I think culturally, the premise. So for anyone, what we're talking about is a scene where Larry Talbot is, um, so he comes home to his estranged father um, and he is up in his observatory area and through his telescope, he spies a woman in a house or in a building across the road. Which you just, you see that, you move on. Yes. You just, you... Well, you'd hope. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, this is not the case. So he watches her and then proceeds to go and um, aggressively hit on her. Yes, into her shop. Work. <laughs> mentioning things that he could only see from his telescope that were private to her. Yes. That's his way of flirting, which is like, okay, that's it's way too creepy. Right. Alarm bells for sure. Mm-hmm. But then also, like, it's like she's engaged at that point, which she reveals soon after, after she very clearly and multiple times rejects him and says, no, I do not want to go out with you. Um, but there's that, that in that time, I think it was kind of that connotation where it's like, no, but maybe try, try later and, you know, make me want you kind of yes. thing. Make it worth my time, make it whatever. And so she says, no, is that like, what? that's what she has to say. Yes. Socially. Because she Even could, if she wants it. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. It's very complicated and really weird going yeah. back as a person who's kind of attuned to today's politics and knows that consent is very important and that that's very unacceptable behavior. Oh, it made me very uncomfortable watching it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was like, okay, this is not good behavior now. Yeah, by today's standards is definitely not, not attractive and not desirable, but um, everyone in the movie is fine with it. And... In the Hollywood Reporter's original 1941 review of this, they say something that made me laugh. Let me go back to it if I can find it here. Oh, here we go. So Lon Chaney assumes that the really terrifying makeup created by Jack P. Pearson bears favorable comparison to his esteemed father. And he is, this is all a quote, guys, pleasantly personable (laughs) as the untransformed Larry. (laughs) And all I could think was... What? <laughs> you what? mean bumbling, doting, and looking very sad all the time? I I love men who watch me through my window. I always regard them as pleasantly personable when they, um, you know, repeatedly, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Try and... <laughs> like, that's how I approach you, you about podcasts. They just said, oh, I see Sarah in her window, and she's watching a movie. And, then I, <laughs> yeah. and I knocked on her door, went in. And said, Sarah, that movie was really good that you were watching. And you were like, I, how, how did you know that I was watching that movie? And I was like, well, I saw you from your window. And then then it was just it was, it was perfect. We just went from there. Yeah, absolutely. It made me think that you were um, very pleasantly very personable. Pleasantable. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah and uh, you should have given Larry's original response whenever. Um... Oh, my gosh. What's even her name? Oh, yeah. Quick look up of that. <laughs> does she have a name? Does uh, the female protagonist? Does the she female does. Lead it doesn't start with an S or something because then it oh. was also. And then her friend that was. Her friend's like Linda or so. Served, well, cannon fodder <laughs> to, to, to move the plot along. Yes, yeah, yeah. the poor sacrificial <laughs> lamb of this movie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Who was in there for to get really scared by a fortune teller and then run off into the woods and get mauled. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Although it does it wonderfully. She does. Beautiful She's delivery. Very 
good performance, very good scream. Yes. Um, and she's the third person who recites that creepy poem about the wolf's bane. Yes. And within the first 14 minutes of the film, it's said three times. I was like counting at that point. I'm like, this just keeps happening. Um, the, the and she says it's the clearest. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> But no, she says it beautifully. Um, she delivers. But um, when she first asks Larry in the store, we're talking about... I just want to say her actress name, which is Evelyn. Evelyn, we'll go with so, Evelyn. Well, let's go with Evelyn for now. Okay, so Evan, Evelyn anchors um, when she's in the store, and she's like, how did you know that uh, that I had those earrings? And then he's like, I'm a psychic. No. <laughs> and just tries to gaslight her into <laughs> thinking that he has psychic abilities. <laughs> There was another excuse that he did. He's like, oh, I was just testing out the refractor in it. Like, Oh, goodness. And that's how you, you aim it at the street to do that. Uh, no. <laughs> All righty. Well, you know. Listen, people, use telescopes for their intended purpose. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Look at the stars, and we don't mean movie stars through their windows, yes. guys. <laughs> um. <laughs> I love how our synopsis just completely got derailed by that. Oh, we, we needed to <laughs> talk about the the creep in the room, with, we, which was yeah. setting up how he started talking to her. How so. he started. And also, I apparently, um, Evelyn Anchors, like the actress, went through... I was kind of like browsing the trivia IMDb section before okay. you got here. And what I was trying to fact check was this... Um, this bear thing? Yes, yeah, so you're talking about the bear thing. Okay. What is it? So allegedly, in the first version of the movie, there's a scene where the wolfman fights a bear. Okay. So they brought a bear on set, and they tried... <laughs> 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 and they tried doing this fight scene with this bear. I guess it ended up running away, so they, <laughs> they, they got it. This, this is all just, legend. I did not... I have no source for this. So, so. did they just have a bear roaming the back lots of Universal? <laughs> well, so, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm sure they caught it and killed it. Sorry, folks. But, <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, uh, they uh, they had a bear, and the wolfman has to fight a bear in a scene. It didn't work out, so they ended up cutting it from the movie. But uh, apparently, they so they were supposed to have kept it in the theatrical trailer. Okay. However, I tried watching that, like the original one. Yeah. Um, I tried all the YouTube kind of recordings of it, and I couldn't see a scene where he was fighting a bear or where something was fighting a bear. Or like leading up to fighting a bear or anything. Yeah, about... it was just all... So I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Um, but one of the stories from it, poor Evelyn Anchors got like chased by this bear and had to like jump up into like kind of on on the sidewall of a set and get pulled up by crew members because she was trying to escape this bear that was running around and stuff. Like 600 pound bear after this poor woman who's like just trying to do her job, probably severely underpaid as an actress in 1941. Oh my God. Yeah, there was no animal, well, there probably was an animal handler, but it's probably just a big buff guy with a mustache. It wasn't a nice animal handler, let's put it that way. (laughs) I don't think there was licenses for that back then. No, yeah, there was a... think by 1941, I don't think there was any kind of standards for use of animal actors. Yeah, no, it'd be um, interesting to see what the rules were. Okay, we're just going to bring a bear on set, and uh, this is Jacques. <laughs> yeah, like he, he, he captured the bear in the woods, and uh, <laughs> meet, meet the bear, it's tiny. And and now, Lon, you're going to fight that bear. <laughs> in, pounds, in pounds of makeup, where you probably can't see or move properly. And how about it? Just, just swipe at the bear. Just, just make it angry. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. 
they're like, yeah, we're going to give you a stick. You're going to go up and you're going to poke it. <laughs> And then you're going to fight it. And it's going to want to eat you because you have yak hair literally glued to your face. It was face. yak hair? It was yak hair. Oh, my. I yeah. wanted to talk about, like, his costume. It was really well done. Yes. He looked, looked kind of cute in it, though. Like, more, I know, more with the cute. little nose. With the little turned up nose where yeah. he's like, eh. Yeah. It was more, more cute than it was frightening, but back then it was probably frightening. Yeah, and, and I guess that took, like, I mean, like, famously t- took ages and ages to apply. Um... We'll get to the makeup in a second, yes. but I also want to say, while we were on the topic of animal actors, the stand-in for the first wolf that okay. kills the friend, like the wolf that is Bella Lugosi's yes. character, or Bela. The, the, Bela, where they, that was very, very creative character naming. Hey, Bela, can you, <laughs> Bella, can you just come in? Yeah, sure, uh, uh, but I just need to do it quickly. Okay, we don't have time, we'll work you in. Uh, you're, you're Bella. You're, yeah. you're still Bela. <laughs> That's kind of like whenever uh, people have, like, I just think of all the comedians who write sitcoms and then they're just themselves. Like uh, Master of Non Disease. Yeah. Sorry. Or Jerry. Jerry. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. The or most Jerry, obvious. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, okay. So, the dog that kills the friend who's the first, like, wolf. Okay. Who, it's so funny because then we see. Um, Lon Chaney's were like Lon, Lon Chaney Jr.'s werewolf, and he yes. looks nothing like the wolf from the That's first scene. <laughs> oh my, that that bugged me. I'm like, why didn't they just have like a guy that kind of looked like a wolf, or just use right. use Lon Chaney again, the same makeup, just in the scene, but mm. that's Bela's character. And yeah. just don't even show his face, because then it looks like... Well, but then Lon Chaney has to come in and kill it. Yes, that's true. So and there would, be... weren't... Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, I, I mean, they probably could have done the, the transformation again, but... Um, I'll talk about it soon, but that makeup was, like, really laborious and, like, cost a lot of time, which cost a lot of money in the studio world. So, um, but animal actors, that dog, the German Shepherd who plays the first wolf. So I found in a bunch of sources that he was um, Lon Chaney Jr.'s real dog named Moose. Oh, really? Okay. (laughs) So his name was Moose. He was a German Shepherd. And I found one source that said, like... Everywhere else it said, Lon, this was Lon Chaney's dog and he was used in the scene. Okay. This one said, this dog was used in the scene. During filming, the dog and Lon Chaney got so close that Lon Chaney decided to adopt him. Aww. I know. Isn't that precious? <laughs> That's so wholesome. I, yeah, I love that. I was like, aw, probably a better end than the bear-faced, but uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At least one animal was treated right. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. R.I.P. that bear. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the makeup. So yeah, let's talk about the transformations. Okay. Yeah, the um, transformation what was really well done. I mean, just the feet scene. That mm-hmm. I, I, For some reason, I was expecting a face transformation. And then I don't know if it was that movie or if it was another one where they applied the makeup over time so it looked like it was growing on his face. This this one. You got it. It was this one? Mm-hmm. Did I miss that? Uh, well, so they, like, they just did, you know, that like last face one, okay. like, yeah, yeah, has where, the full makeup where he's, it, like, he's dead and then, yes, it and then it transforms back to yes. him. Yes. Okay. So what they did, so Jack Pierce, who's famous, like in, you know, cosmetic, like movie cosmetics, FX cosmetics, um, he, uh, built this monster, took hours and hours. Um, basically, it's like grease paint. They made a little snout that they put on his okay. face, which is what where that nose comes from. And 
Then he just like did clump by clump of yak hair on his face with this glue. And so they kind of like did it bit by bit. And what they did was they, okay, let's see if I can kind of picture this so I can explain it properly. So they have his face in front of the camera and they have like these um, glass panes that they put like a mark on as reference. And what he would do is he would like leave. Jack Pierce would transform him a little bit. He would come back. They would do that shot. Then he would go back. Jack Pierce would put a little bit more makeup on him. He would come back and do that shot. And it ended up being like a 20-hour process. I was like going to say, that's, frig- that's a freaking long time. Yeah, like, like a long time. And I guess like uh, Lon Chaney Jr. just kept, you know, talking about how laborious and painful it was for him. And apparently he called Jack Pierce like a sadist and everything. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess they didn't get along. But um, <laughs> So Jack Pierce, though, he only stayed with Universal until 1946. So this was like kind of near the end of his career. Um, there were kind of more makeup techniques at that point that had like, that were quicker to do a little bit easier, a little bit cheaper in that way because they were quicker and, uh, quicker than what his father probably went through Mm -hmm. in the opera. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, and then I also found this is like rumored, but, um, there was a shortage of yak hair after like world war two because yak hair was coming from like like Asia, right? Yes. So they didn't have yak hair. That was like the supply chain got disrupted or cut off or whatever. So apparently that's why in a, like whenever Lon Chaney shows up as the wolf man in one of the like many sequels that they have, um, that's why he's like, let, let, like doesn't have hair on his hands or whatever. Okay. Cause I guess there's like a shot with him with like no body makeup. Okay. So everyone was like, Oh yeah, it's because you know, we didn't have enough yak hair kind of thing. I was going to ask like, <laughs> Why did he choose yak hair? And was there like a wholesale yak hair <laughs> distributor back in? I think it was just what they thought to use. Maybe I think it's because it's like very fibrous, so it maybe looks better like, yeah. in black and white photography, especially. I would imagine and very dark and very right thick. Yeah, like, it pops out onto yeah. the black and white. Yeah, camera. well, I mean, it just looks like that, so it definitely fulfills it in nicely. Yeah, but. Mm. And getting back to the story as yes. well. <laughs> Maybe really <laughs> derailed. Getting back to the story. So after this, he buys cane. Yeah. We were really early in the movie. But anyways, <laughs> he buys a cane and I looked it up. It has like the pentagram on it because that's the mark of the wolf and mm-hmm. very, a lot of foreshadowing, a lot of exposition again. Mm-hmm. And I looked that cane up. He bought it for $15 and I understand why in today's money, it's 398 American dollars. Damn, Compared so you did the Tadema. Yes. Well, so well, Lawrence fancy, Talbot. He's got a fancy cane. He's rolling in the dough. What a splurge. I also, I want to talk about this pentagram thing um, because it comes up again, as as you know, and um, what a weird looking pentagram. It is weird, eh? It's it, looks, so... it looks like a star. <laughs> it's just, it's just a star with like kind of nothing in it. And um, during the trip scene, like the yeah. trippy scene when he's transforming, which I, I love that sequence. Um, they have like the kind of more diagram of a pentagram. But yeah, this is the one on, I kind of like did a few screenshots. So yeah, this is like the pentagram on Bela's head. Yeah, and it looks really poorly drawn. It's like, guys, the poorly drawn star with no circle around it. And it's supposed to be a pentagram. And um, it looks like, you know, in comics when they have like the punch. Yeah, symbol? like the uh, onomatopoeia, like word bubbles. 
Yeah, right. yeah. It, it looks like the like mark whenever you see a hit, and it's yeah. got like that little square with the like flared edges almost. Yes, yes. It looks kind of like that. I find <laughs> like <laughs> it's just he looks so like shoddy. he just woke up from a bad night out and got a bad tattoo. <laughs> he does. Okay, well, I guess the one on her hand does have a circle around it, so at least it's a little bit better. Yeah, the mark of uh, so whenever so after he buys the cane, he has to go. Well, he he's taking her out on a, a date to get his fortune told. Because it was something that he used. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was something that he used, and then she invited her friend along, which. <laughs> Sorry. It's okay. That's my cat, Katniss, everyone. <laughs> She's just talking to us and participating in the conversation. <laughs> and her friend, she, was, she brought along just because, I guess, yeah, well, if you don't feel safe with a man, definitely bring a, a friend along. Oh, yeah, that's a great yeah. tip. But she's also served as cannon fodder in this movie to be the first victim. Mm-hmm. And so she goes in to get her fortune read first while uh, Talbot hits on our main, ca- our main lead protagonist. What's her name again? Gosh, you know, I <laughs> still don't know. I guess uh, I should have been looking this up while we were talking, but I will So um, she does, she goes and she gets her fortune told and Bela Lugosi chews the scenery and he definitely steals the show as the fortune teller mm-hmm. for the, as a Romani fortune teller. Gwen. Gwen. It's Gwen. It and the friend's name is Jenny. Jenny. Jenny the... Not Linda. I don't know. Don't know where I came up with that, but <laughs> Jenny the stake for the wolf. Jenny, yes. And poor Jenny. So she gets her fortune told, and we find out that Be- Bela, not Bella, is a werewolf, and then he tells her to run because he sees the mark of the uh, pentagram in her hand, which mm-hmm. means she's his next victim. Mm-hmm. So she runs, and then she gets killed by mm-hmm. him after transforming. Lawrence comes in, saves the day with his. Special cane is three hundred ninety-four dollar, ninety-eight dollar cane. So it serves a purpose. It wasn't just fashionable, but it, <laughs> it kills him because it was silver. Yeah. yeah, it goes back into he comes in. He Talbot gets bit and then wakes up later, right? And then they they think that he murdered the fortune teller, correct? Later? Yes. Yes. And wakes up after his dad and some. There's some knockoff characters in there like that. You don't really like. They just show up. Yeah. Well, well, there's like the doctor. Yes. Like the psychiatrist um, and like a couple of other, like people like that who are just like other nobles in the community. Like one of them's like a cop, right? There's like a cop and a doctor. Yes. Who hang around the dad. And then Gwen's fiance. Yes. 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 As well. And so he's around and then it's, it almost turns into the, after this, like a psychological kind of movie because everybody thinks it's all in his head with Larry and which is good. It's really cool. Like plot mm-hmm. because up to this point, it's just been all um, not suspense, but just him coming home and, you know, a lot of foreshadowing is what it was. And now it's just, it really kicks off after mm-hmm. he gets bit. Yeah. And then we kind of start our, we're going into the climax of yeah, the movie. And, and this is all like 15 minutes in, isn't it? Like 15, 20 minutes in. By the time he gets bit, I guess. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't know when it comes in the, but yeah, it's, it's like quickly. It all happens mm-hmm. like quite fast. Um, but what, what's interesting, like about the whole, like, like 
Lycanthropy. Lycanthropy. <laughs> Lycanthropy. 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 Anyways, lycanthropy is like, um, so in the kind of intro we get in this encyclopedia entry where it says that it's a psychological disease, um, that was the original, so the original screenplay by Kurt Seidmack. Okay. Seidmack. Um, sorry if I mispronounced that. I might have. Uh, but he had initially written it in a way where, like, you weren't sure if it was happening all in Larry's head or not. Oh, okay. So, so it was actually, like, a legitimate, like, psychological thriller. And, uh, and then it got rewritten because they decided audiences would like it better if he actually turned into a werewolf, like, physically. Um, but yeah, so that whole kind of notion where it is, like, a delusion. Yes. And, and it's entirely in the, the afflicted person's imagination. That was supposed to be the whole script. I than the whole kind of initial story. It would have been but, a lot more interesting movie, and I think a lot more staying power if it actually had that. That Yeah, I, I agree. I think it would have made for a cooler movie. Um, I think that maybe the tools that we have now to tell psychological thrillers might make for a really good story that way. Yes. Um, so that might be interesting if there is, you know, a remake in the future, say. Um, but what was I going to say about this? Oh, yes. So... Kurt Seidmack, yes. um, he actually recycles this idea okay. into a movie that comes out in 1951, which I had not heard but heard of before. So 10 years later, he finally ten, got it. 10 years later, he basically rehashes this idea, adds Lon Chaney Jr. in as like a side character in okay. this movie called, um, it's called Bride of the Gorilla. And Bride of the Gorilla. Bride of the Gorilla. I already want to watch this movie. <laughs> Apparently, it's just like kind of a really bad ripoff. <laughs> and um, he recycles this idea into a plot where it's a gorilla instead of a wolf. So the guy thinks he's a gorilla? The guy thinks he's a gorilla. <laughs> and it's like a psychological affliction where he's like convinced that he's a gorilla. Yes. It's it just... I. <laughs> It sounds like it could be extremely problematic. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe, uh, yeah, so oh, we'll, man. we'll see. We'll have to, uh, maybe add that to one of the lineups one day, but it I, sounds like it might be one of those movies that's bad without being totally bad good. Yes, because I, <laughs> I, I've heard of like werewolves. Everybody's heard of werewolves before, but nobody's ever heard of a man transforming into a gorilla. So yes. that's why it kind of, it already loses me. Uh, believability <laughs> <laughs> well i mean your delete your disbelief's got to be suspended for that then yes. it's, uh definitely requires it <laughs> <laughs> so he kills bela and then he passes out the next morning they're like that wolf bit you it was actually bela you're a murderer and he's like no i, I killed a wolf i promise here look it bit me oh and yes. then the bite has like disappeared into like Nothing except for a pentagram scar. Yes. So he, he wakes up and he feels actually fine. And he's like, oh, I've been bit. But he heals really fast as well. Mm-hmm. Right? And well, then, yeah. So it's like the magic of it is like, yeah. And then they think they're more convinced that he is afflicted with the psychological disease yes. of lycanthropy at that point. Because he thinks that that guy was a wolf and he murdered him. And then when he then like the following night or whatever becomes a wolf a werewolf and yes. goes out and kills the gravedigger, um, who is the second victim in this movie. You look I at guess. the gravedigger and you see him in a uh, precarious situation, but like that fog on the sets, love that. Like the sets, like the fog <laughs> on there. And then... So, sorry, go ahead. 
And so it's just like, but you see him and you're like, that guy's a victim. It's totally, he's totally going to die because he's digging a grave in the in dark. In the fog. In the fog. <laughs> yeah. It's like, he's victim number two. You just definitely know it. Yeah. Right away. Yeah. About that fog. Yeah. <laughs> so Was this it a- poisonous? Was it 1941? Was it poisonous? Well, so, so here's the thing. Back to poor Evelyn Anker's experience yeah. as Gwen. Yeah, Gwen. <laughs> Gwen, we now know. Evelyn Anchors playing Gwen, the same actress who got chased around by this giant bear. So she has to do a scene, um, the end scene. Uh, she has to like faint, and then Larry and his father finish their big fight. Yes. And um, I guess Spoilers. during filming, yes. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll get there. It's oh, fine. yeah. Um, you should have already watched the movie before listening. I feel like that's, you know, yeah, if, if you haven't, if definitely not, do it. You're probably very lost. Yeah, yeah, if not, we've ruined it all for you, so don't bother. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, uh, so I, Evelyn Anchors, she uh, she gets told to, like, you know, faint, and then for the rest of the scene, she's on the ground. Yes. So she's on there with the low-hanging fog. I guess the fumes made her pass out, so it was a little bit dangerous. Um, and because she was, act like, her role for that scene was for her to be on the ground passed out, like, no one noticed. So they actually didn't notice until someone from the crew was like, like they had finished filming the scene and they had started taking down the set. And that's when they found her passed out on the floor and she had been sitting there. (laughs) So this poor woman, like, what a fucking journey. Like, could you imagine you show up to you? you, You're excited. You're like, I'm going to be an actress in Hollywood. My life fucking rules, dog. (laughs) I work for Universal. Bitches look at me kind of thing. And then she's like... (laughs) Wow, she's a really good actress. She isn't getting up. Yeah. She's really committed. She's so committed. (laughs) Oh, she's dead. Yeah. So so that was uh, poor Evelyn's journey, allegedly. Did Um, they use, like, dry ice? Or, like, how did they... I'm not sure what they used. Just, like, any... Well, anything that fog looks thick and like choking oh it, right? it looks thick and if she's like like because everyone else is standing in the scene so yes. they're, they're not affected by it because they're not literally lying on the floor <laughs> <laughs> oh the poor woman okay <laughs> <laughs> but yeah this uh apparently she collaborated with lon, Ch- lon chaney jr in in a few different things so i guess they were like frequent screen mates okay mm-hmm. i guess they had good chemistry then to yeah. continue on yeah mm-hmm. they, they were pretty good acting together yeah and and she definitely like, like again, like this whole social thing with him flirting and them being a love interest to begin with, even mm-hmm. though she, her language is like, no, 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 no. I have a fiance. Yes, I have a fiance. Back off. We've known each other since we were kids, but you're tall, dark and mysterious. Come at me, bro. <laughs> um, yeah. So like, is she, <laughs> she does it well to like communicate that she is into him. I find like with her body language. Yes. Like she's, she's a good, like, obviously the performances are all fantastic. Mm-hmm. And these are all like trained at like experienced good actors who have been doing this for years yeah so it's a really tight cast as well um and yeah she just communicates that so well i think which is helpful for someone for people like us who are going back to it and looking at the situation going in what world is this okay yes and it's (laughs) at the time yes it was it was considered a romantic right yes (laughs) um but this brings me back to the fog and everything with yeah. whenever he kills uh the grave digger after the transformation scene yes. <laughs> and with the the transformation scene i thought again i thought it would have been a face but it's his legs that they show getting hairier and hairier and hairier 
And then I think there's one point where it just basically looks like my legs, probably after the second application of makeup and <laughs> same feet, like same long toes. If you look in that, uh, in that scene, he has like horribly long toes. Oh my gosh. And that, that one toe on his one foot, that's like totally crooked. Yes. You can tell that he's broken it, it like definitely. three times. <laughs> and I was like, wow, somebody like with longer toes than me. And no, it, I have long toes too, dude. Yeah. Now we're comparing toes, guys. Sorry. <laughs> Yours are definitely longer than mine, but yeah, I, I, sometimes I feel like like I can do this with mine, where I like point one out, yes. and it looks like ET's finger. I find like same thing. <laughs> ET. <laughs> Anyways, wow. What an aside. Lon Chaney's feet are pretty fucking gnarly. They yeah. are like long. So he goes out, but after he kills the grave digger, they also come back and they investigate the murder. And this is my favorite character that one of them that they introduce is Twiddle, bumbling man number one. He just, he just serves, the actor does it so well as just a bumbling man, just to be ordered around, comedic relief. I love it. <laughs> who's, who's the actor? I want to I don't see know, this. but even in his IMDb page, if you look him up, he looks bumbling. Like. <laughs> okay, well, oh, here we go. Forrester Harvey. Oh, yes, he has the face, eh? Um, it looks like he was in, like, oh, he's actually also in our movie next week, The Invisible Man. Oh, really? Um, as is Claude Rains, who plays, um, like, his, in his no dad. world possible, yes. Lon Chaney Jr.'s dad. Like, Claude Rains is half of Lon Chaney Jr.'s size. <laughs> so I just want to know what that other person who made the kid looks like, that, you know? like. <laughs> and Lon Chaney Jr. looks older than him. Yes. As well. <laughs> it, yeah, I, I think that they're, yeah, they're much closer than age than children. And also, um, Bella Lugosi and, um, the woman who plays his mother, M Maria Uspinskaya, she's only like six years older than, than Bella Lugosi in real really? life. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just like how, uh, uh, Indiana Jones, Last Crusade, Sean Connery is only like a little bit older than Harrison Ford. Yeah, yeah, of yeah. course. Tis the uh, the curse of Hollywood. It's yes. like having people play parents who in no way could possibly be the actor's real parent. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and then... And Claude Rains, Claude Rains plays the Invisible Man okay. in our in the movie next week. I didn't know that Claude Rains played him. I, yeah. I, he plays But Doctor. now, I, I still haven't watched it yet. And you're shaking your head at me because I still I, I haven't watched it. <laughs> <laughs> There's the one scene where he's just like, he's taking off the bandages and he's invisible and he's yelling. And yes. like, that's the iconic scene. And I was like, okay, I can match his voice to that whenever he's talking in there. Ah, and yeah. I was like, okay, yes, I do see that now. And then, okay, so we're, I think we're about halfway through the movie after he kills the grave digger. Yes. And then whenever he kills the grave digger, he wakes up again, right? In his room. So yeah, so after he kills the grave digger, he comes home and it looks like he's, you know, it looks like he's hungover, basically, in that scene, if you look it up. And I was like, I feel you, man. And he, <laughs> he basically, if you cut that scene from the entire movie and just put it there and like he didn't know he was, he transformed into a wolf the night before, <laughs> it just looks like a man waking up being like, oh shit, I got to clean. People are coming over. I'm hungover. And I, I felt I've been there before. Have you ever woken up after a night of partying and you're like, oh my God, oh no, I have paw mud, prints mud all over prints. my windows and walls and it looks like some sort of dog that might have been me crawled into my window last night. I should clean this up because there's cops in my front yard. Yes. Have you ever been in that boat? 
No, not in that oh, boat, but it's just basically bad. like, oh, there's, <laughs> there's tracks of food from whenever I was drunk. and. Oh, yeah, when you wake up and you brought the chips to bed with you yeah, and, and you're, like, covered. There's, there's a trail of food. That's the then, worst. And then your roommate's coming home and you're like, fuck, I gotta clean. Yeah, or um, one time I woke up, <laughs> I was trying to be responsible for bringing a big old glass of water with me. Because I was like, oh, Sarah, yeah, you are I, intoxicated. You need, you need this throughout the night. And I must have, like... <laughs> I spilled it all over myself at some point. <laughs> and then I woke up and like my pillow was still wet and I was like cold, like my head was cold and I was like, this is awful. I got one, I got one better. Um, as in college, I went to bed drunk with food because I wanted a snack, <laughs> but I was so drunk I passed out and I took craft dinner with me to bed. And I wake up and I hear like the, you know, the squishing of mac and cheese sound. I'm like, oh, what, what, what is that? I wake up. I'm like, it was all behind my head. I had slept in it all night. I tossed and turned cheese and my cheese and macaroni in my hair. Oh, I just threw up the pillowcase, went straight in the shower, like washing macaroni and cheese and orange cheese powder out of my hair. Oh, that's nasty. Yeah, that wasn't my finest moment. Oh my gosh. I just had all things to get in your hair. Macaroni and cheese could yeah. not be that pleasant. No, no, it wasn't. <laughs> It was just the, the most disturbing part was waking up to the sound of it. It was just like squishing. Yeah, and, and you're like, like what? <laughs> 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 yeah, you're probably like, what happened? <laughs> what is happening right this moment? It took me a while to piece it together that it was macaroni and cheese and what happened. Anyways. Goodness. No, that is, it definitely looks like he's like, he's definitely like coming to after a crazy night. It's like... Without any context, it looks like he just woke up from a bad night of drinking mm -hmm. and has mud that he tracked in. That's why, that's why I found it was really funny. I was laughing really hard at that. <laughs> so yeah, then he gets grilled by the police coming in. They come in and ask him a whole bunch of questions. And he's really questioning himself at this point. Like, okay, did I actually kill him? What's happening? Did I tra actually transform into a wolf? <laughs> is this whole wolf thing serious? Like, is this actually true? that I am becoming this monster. So then it kind of ramps up again. After that, where does it go? After that, so he's kind of like suspected of the murder, of course. Like he denies it, but everyone's like, he definitely did it. Um, and then proceeds to just carry that cane around everywhere, even though it should be evidence. <laughs> but um, yeah. they just gave it back to him. Be like, here's the murder weapon back. It's, yeah. <laughs> But no, they, they like write off that. They're like, oh, in his confusion. Like, because mm -hmm. they think he's totally delusional. Yeah. They do not believe him in the slightest. They're like, you didn't actually get, you, you know, you didn't actually get bit because you don't have a wound um, that we, that is clearly from last night kind of thing. Yes. Um, but they write it off. They say, well, he, he ran out to go save Jenny's life. And then in the confusion, he killed Bela by accident. Yes. But they're like, okay, now he's delusional. He thinks he's a werewolf. So they're focused on getting him care for his psychological disease. Yes. Like, like, like anthropy. Like anthropy. Like on. In, in, in that. <laughs> We're never going to say it right. <laughs> in that whole exposition that his dad gave him about lycanthropy. Lycanthropy. Like, lycanthropy. Like, like yeah. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to purposefully say it a different way each time. And that way all of them, one of them will be right <laughs> at least. Um, <laughs> that's my logic. Um, yeah. So then he is dealing with this. They're wondering how to get him help because they think that he needs it, which I mean, of course he does. He's a werewolf now. Um, and he does 
almost get help if he, he knew does. how to take instructions yes. because he goes to the traveling show of the in the movies they refer to them as gypsies yeah. of course it's just like transient obviously based on the romani people um but yeah so we have a russian actress mm -hmm. and bella lugosi is romanian you said i think yeah Ro that? yeah romanian um yeah so they have you know two actors who are from eastern europe playing romani people in the movie um and they're definitely stereotype like as stereotypical as you can imagine oh, yeah. at that time like the clothes and everything and looks yeah like the clothes the whole mysticism mm -hmm. the fortune telling the uh yeah um and then the priest telling her that she just believes in superstition and it's yes. all pagan stuff and whatever else anyways so <laughs> he goes to the the evening's festivities the show um and there he sees so he goes and seeks out um maleva that's maleva. what it was Maleva. So he goes to Maleva and he's like, she's like, by the way, that was my son that you killed and stuff. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, just, uh, just a heads up. That was, yeah. that was my son. <laughs> that was, that was my son. Thanks a lot. Uh, no, she doesn't. Um, but she says, you know, you're a werewolf now. Any person who is, who kills the wolf then becomes one himself and you've been bitten by him. Um, so she gives him this pendant. She's like, wear this and it'll protect you. Yes. Um, and he doesn't do that. Uh, so he, he talks to her. She's like, wear this pendant. Like, you know, may God help you now kind of thing. His, his fate is sealed. She knows that his fate is sealed. She knows he's going to die. She knows it's all going to end in a tragedy. You're a big old fucked. Yes. Basically. Big old fucked. And then she quickly whispers to her, her, her fellow, her fellow people. She's like, we got to get the hell out of here because there's another werewolf in town, dudes. And they, then they, with they, rigor, pack yeah, up everything and get the hell out of Dodge. Fast. <laughs> they were like, there's a wolf in town. Yeah. It was just like, that That scene is so fun. And mm -hmm. I love any kind of, like in older movies especially, you have these kind of like lingering moments of mm -hmm. the extra cast. Yes. Like just kind of setting something up. And it's this kind of wandering, and they like kind of pan across it as the message goes from person to person, person to person. person. That was really cool, and, and I really like it. And then he, um, and then uh, Larry's like, "Oh, they're all leaving. I wonder why." <laughs> Is this something I said? Is, Is that something me? I did? did it? Um, in the meantime, Jenny and her fiance have, or sorry, not in the meantime. I missed something. So before he goes to see Maleva, yes, Larry, and then not Jenny because Jenny's dead. My apologies, Gwen. Yes, Gwen. Not Gwen and her fiance. Rest in peace, Jenny. Um, yes, RIP. And, and Gravedigger. Yes, yeah. Jenny and the Gravedigger are uh, both six feet under at this point, I believe. Um, no thanks to him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 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 They're like, great, now we got to hire a new Gravedigger yeah. <laughs> to dig a grave for our Gravedigger. <laughs> oh, man. So is is that the biggest irony of getting killed while digging a grave and it wasn't even for you? Oh, it must be. Yeah. Although, how convenient would it, would it be to, like, get killed right above the grave that you've just finished digging? And then they're just like, well, that was easy. But then you get killed at work. And yeah. then, then you're just like, no, I don't, like... Oh, I hope his family got some kind of compensation for workers' accidents, you know? Yeah, back then. Killed I'm on the sure job. It, I'm sure it existed. <laughs> well, they probably didn't have to pay for it. Well, no, they probably had to get another lot dug because that was probably for somebody else and they paid yeah, for it. And I would assume so. Why, why is Unless it? the gravedigger like knew he was going to die. He was just like, let me get a head start on yeah. this. 
<laughs> oh, I have a really bad feeling something's gonna happen to me tonight. I might as well just dig a grave. He's like, instead of being safe in bed, I think I'm going to go out into the graveyard and start digging a hole just in case, and then... <laughs> I don't think you should dig graves at night. Like, I don't think that's they ever do that. I don't think anymore. No. I, I, I think there was, like, a time when they probably had to, because they were like, they couldn't, you know, put the body in a morgue. So no, they were yeah. like, let's get this sucker in the ground before oh, she yeah. starts stinking. Yes. <laughs> that's why they're so, like, they use so many flowers, right? To cover up the smell. Yeah, but, yeah. And that's, that's a hangover from that tradition back then. Oh, yeah, that using, makes sense. Yeah, using flowers to cover up. So it's just, I mean, bodies don't stink now if right. you go to a wake or a funeral. But. Yeah. Yeah, I know that, like, plague doctors used to do the flowers in the big mass. Yes. For the scent, but... um nasty nasty stuff but yeah so i'm sure they used to dig graves at night but i yeah i don't think that's a that's really uh the by the book anymore <laughs> no we should contact a grave diggers union just to see if you oh yeah so do some investigative uh <laughs> investigative work with the, with the grave diggers union about this particular grave digger yes. wolf man who has like a 20 second if that moment yeah <laughs> like like i said before you look at him he's victim number two you just definitely know yeah. something's bad is gonna happen to him you're like he's here and, and he's, he's gone, gone. <laughs> but very convenient yes that's right pre-dug grave already yeah oh. <laughs> so they're at the show um after they watch a dancer perform uh like larry Frank is um, Gwen's fiance's name, I think. I think so. And Gwen, um, they all start hanging out. They're like, oh, come hang out with us, Larry. You're by yourself. And he yeah. clearly is just like, get me the hell out of yeah. here because I hate this. It's so uncomfortable. <laughs> um, and so, so they hang out. And then he goes and does that shooting game with Frank. Yes, I remember that. And then the little, so it's like a, uh, a shooting game at like a fair. You have to shoot a target. And yeah. the target is a wolf, and he gets very emotional about it because yes. he like feels such a visceral response to it. And then Frank's just like, "It's super easy," and like just does it in front yeah. of him, and he's like clearly upset. <laughs> and he's, <laughs> uh, like the look of worry. I think they just hired Lon Chaney because he can have a look of worry. Like he's very uh, expressive. It, yeah, he is. Yeah. So I guess well, he gets that from his father, the man of a thousand faces, right? So. Yes. He is very expressive, sad looking throughout from that point on, he do, just looks so disheveled and worried and yeah. yeah. Yeah, he has that like like you you just root for him so much because mm -hmm. he seems like despite the whole interactions with Gwen. Yes. <laughs> um you you root for him because he just seems like he's so like he's just a pure victim. There's no real winners in this movie. Like the thing that wins is is the curse itself. Yes. Like it, other than that it's a, he's a straight up tragic hero. It's a straight-up tragedy. Yes. Um, it's just not a good time for anyone. No. And it's cyclical and endless and futile. That's very deep. And very, yes. <laughs> yeah. So it's a, it's a real big downer, the end. But so getting there. Um, yes. So they're at the fair. They play the shooting game. Lawrence Talbot, Larry Talbot, is visibly upset that he has to shoot this wolf as part of the game. Yes. Um, Frank comes in and takes over and says, why are you freaking out? You're, you know man up kind of thing. <laughs> and then, um, and then he kind of runs off and Gwen gets mad at Frank for doing that, I believe. Yes. And then she, uh, so, and then that's when Larry goes and talks to Maleva who gives him this pendant that he's supposed to put the fuck on his body. Supposed to wear it because he's supposed to wear it. Clear instructions. 
very clear. She she could not have been clearer. She's yes. like, wear this. It will help. And then he sees Gwen, and he wants to he wants to give her something. Yeah. So he's like, oh, here's this pendant here that you know it'll protect you from me, and like it'll protect you in general, kind of thing. And so he gives it to her, even though that was not the instructions given. Smarter gift would have been the cane. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He should have given her the cane. Here, have this murder weapon. But I, I think it went a lot better with his outfit and not so much hers. You know, that's true. So I think you could rock a cane like that. So and also, it's three hundred ninety-eight dollars. Yes, oh, that is true. <laughs> Sorry, fifteen dollars. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I was so like, whatever he's like, fifteen dollars. That's a that's a lot of money. And like, is it back then? Oh shit, it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, thank you, inflation. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah. Uh, then, so he gives her the pendant, and then they go through this whole thing where she's like, "Oh, I don't have anything to give you." And then he's like, oh, "I forget what he says," but he's like, "I'll take a kiss." And then yes. she says, "Okay, wait. I, I wrote. I wrote some notes <laughs> while I was watching it. Give me a second here." Oh yes, here we go. I was. I wrote. In this moment where he has her up against this tree, um, that's right, because she offers him a penny. Because yes. he's like, take this pendant, and she's like, well, I have to give you something. I have a penny. And because then he goes, no. Yes, because it's like, I always give something back. So. Right. Yeah. So it, it, I was kind of like, oh, I have a penny. Just take it, leave me alone. <laughs> exactly. That's what I read <laughs> yeah. it as, too. And then, um, yeah, so then he's like, no, basically, like, doesn't accept the penny and just kisses her with whatever um like he just kisses her yeah. and so i just wrote whoa sir non-consensual kissing and sec- literal sexual coercion yes it was <laughs> and then uh, i was like she offered you a penny <laughs> and she had her, her his like hand like like you know the thing that creepy guys do where they put like their hand like to right, block you in yes, physically like, right yes next to you. unfortunately i'm very aware of that yeah. um but yes <laughs> terrifying it is um so yeah totally Again, she obviously at least pretends to be uncomfortable, even though she knows she shouldn't be doing it. She kind of like likes him. Obviously, she keeps seeking him out. Mm-hmm. She likes him. Um, I think that's like what they're trying to establish through the story. Yes. But uh, yeah, it was so uncomfortable. It made me so uncomfortable again. And I was just like, excuse me, sir. She said a penny. She did not say you could kiss her. Yes. Like, calm your shit. <laughs> <laughs> but well, but yeah, a penny is an in inflation. So after he gets the penny, it's no, he doesn't get the penny. Oh no, he doesn't. He get kisses the penny. her yeah, instead, right. and, then and then they're like, "We should leave." Like she takes off, um, and and he takes off too. And they, then it's back at the castle after that. Yeah, I remember it's back at the castle. So With then daddy and, he, and then they have they have an argument because he thinks he's still a wolf and he's the dad does not believe him daddy claude's like no yeah, no you're crazy so then he but larry insists he says take my cane for because he knows it's for protection and it can kill uh, a wolf because mm-hmm. that's like the silver because it's made out of silver right yes and, and that's it, why it works and i remember uh Bela's mother was saying like oh it can only be killed by this this and she explicitly said a cane with silver and yes like, yeah okay so you're really focusing on on that so we know like his audience yeah, yeah. no i i think she was saying it to expl- yeah, explain yeah explain why it worked yeah <laughs> yeah and 
so then after that, so he's like, I don't think I'm okay. And then they were going to try and hunt this wolf. I think they still think it was a wolf, right? At this they point, still the think party. it's a wolf. Yes. Um, so they're going to try and, yeah, find this wolf. Yes, and they create a hunting party. And then, yes, they're going to go on the hunt. And, and then, then that's when he's like, take the cane. Yes. Because they're going to tie him up and leave him there and then figure out what to do with him after. Yes. Because I think that there's like kind of the hint that they want to institutionalize him. Yes. And it's like, it's coming up, but he's also like, no Talbot has ever like not run this estate thing. Right. Yeah. So it's like, I'm not going to institutionalize him. I'm just going to strap him down to a chair. Yes. And, and he's like, we can't do shock therapy here. Yes. Um, yeah. So that's, that's totally creepy. And like <laughs> so terrible, but so yeah, he's strapped to the chair. Everyone goes to do their stuff. <laughs> um, then he, he transforms. We don't really see that transformation. We just see him walking and we don't see how he escaped either. Well, that, that's the transformation with the legs, isn't it? Or no? No, the first one is the legs. Yes, you're yeah. right. Yes. Um, well, so after, well, after the tree thing, he has that trip scene, right? Yes. No, okay. The leg transformation ha- happens then. Oh, it does? Yes. Okay. okay. Um, it was the first transformation. Yeah. So. Really... Why did I take no notes after that scene? That's what <laughs> I want to know. <laughs> I just said after the grave diggers, grave digger gets killed, I just said, okay, so Bela is like a full on dog. But Larry's a guy in clothes and wolf drag. Yeah, I <laughs> and this is what. <laughs> oh, also those shoes. That yeah, he has. I, was, I wanted to say like he's walking like on the tiptoes, right? Right, because it looks like a dog's leg. Yeah, so th- they're actually those those boots are designed that way. Really? Mm-hmm. So how did he put his like foot in them? Yeah, so like they're basically like like almost like stilted things to make him walk on his feet. So okay. it, you can tell he's uncomfortable doing it. Um, I was thinking, like, in my mind, uh, you know, you can, like, pretend to walk on tippy toes acting. Like, a lot of people do that when they're, like, dancing and supposed to be in high heels but not and stuff, you know? So, um, I, I was thinking he was just, like, doing his best model impression and he was just fully, like, in flat boots but walking around, like, on his tippy toes. It does look like that. It looks like a catwalk. Yeah, and and then I found out that, no, in fact, they're built like that. So they elevate his foot. And, okay. like, actually have him standing like this. So I guess it, he gets more support and can actually walk properly. Yeah, yeah, maybe. They're, like, high high heelless high heels. Years before Lady Gaga did it. So yes. Laundrina did, did it first. <laughs> <laughs> Try I, that, Gaga. No. <laughs> I think uh, we should bring back the, the that type of footwear. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, with the, with the, like, little claw thingies and everything. Uh, they actually looked really comfortable and padded. Like, if you looked at his feet, they look like they have a big, thick... They look nice and warm, They do. (laughs) With the, yeah, the big, like, spongy toes. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Like like a dog's, like, paws, like, pads. So mm -hmm. it does look pretty cool. Yeah, it's it's really great leg makeup, I think. Like, that transformation is really well done with the Mm -hmm. legs. Um, It must have taken forever to, like, put all that yak hair on his legs, but... (laughs) I'm assuming it's yak hair. (laughs) I don't want to know how they got that off, too. That would be, like, the, just the, even taking all the makeup off would be friggin'. Oh, yeah, it would take hours yeah, to remove. Yeah, it would take, just to take it off, too. And, and, like, scrub your face of everything that was left on it, like grease paint. Oh, yes, yeah. If you've ever been, um, I'm sure there are people out there who may be listening to this. <laughs> I'm talking like we already have so many subscribers. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> 
But no, um, if anyone out there has ever taken spirit gum off their face, which is something that's used in a lot of like theatrical makeup and like stage makeup and stuff, it is like not a good time. No. If it gets in your hairline, it's just like, like, you know how, um, how some packaging comes with like that sticky glue stuff that you can almost like pinch and stretch out. Yes. Yes. It's, it's like that. And that's what makes things stick to your face in like a lot of stage makeup. So I've had it, I've had it on before and like removing it, like you have to like, like your, your skin's basically raw after because you have to like really go in with makeup remover that will like, you know, dissolve it a little bit, but it's tough. So you're like, just like, (laughs) oh yeah, it probably just peels a layer of skin off. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You're like super exfoliated because you have to like, like claw at your face to get it off. Um, so it can definitely be brutal. And I I think that's like part of the logistical limitations was why they only did the transformation for when he's turning back into Larry That is and not for both scenes and why part of why I think they didn't have Bela Lugosi and Bela Lugosi in the makeup for a wolf man. And that must have been so hot too. that makeup. Yes. Yeah. Probably. Which probably just friggin' like, especially with old lighting. Yes. Oof. That would be warm. <laughs> All that heat. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he goes, he has this trippy montage that kind of signals his, like, him turning into a wolf. Um, and then he has his leg transformation. Meanwhile, again, I think everyone at that point is, like, figuring out what to do with him. Yes. And then there's the the big hunting party that get, gathers after they strap him to a chair. You know what though? I think we're getting this wrong because yeah. I feel like because they go to the carnival. Okay. And then he has his first transformation because that's when the grave digger dies. Yes. And then he has the like following day where where he is like convinced that he's and he goes to see. Gwen and he's like we should run away to remember yes. that he's like okay. we, we we should run away together like I you know can't stay here or or he tells her to stay away from him yes something like that <laughs> I think we need to watch this again I know I'm like so lost right now I don't like okay let's I'm, sorry, I'm gonna pause it for a second let's order. 